Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Friday, April 1st, day 2022. Coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, chapter 73. Don't you dare miss it. This is the third book in the Book of Psalms. It's the Leviticus book. It's about who God calls. And if you've been called, which is all of us, what he expects from you. This is about uh, approaching God in his sanctuary. First, please consider all anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. This is your call to action. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing marketing, advertising, helping with the website, helping with this podcast or the soon upcoming video broadcast, which I'm really excited about. Get involved today. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com use that email address companionchapel at gmail.com send me your questions your comments your concerns and i'll try my best to get back to you it really makes me happy even if you just want to say hi that's the greatest thing companion chapel is located at number 338 side road 28 slash 29 paisley ontario canada n0g2n0 this podcast and the broadcast depends on god's provisions through you now please turn with me in your bibles too Psalms chapter 73, and again, this is the third book in the book of Psalms, the Leviticus book. And Leviticus means, and he called. And it tells how God is to be approached and teaches us that none can worship except such are called, and whom the Father seeks to worship him. Now, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9, tells us even all those that turneth away their ear from God's instructions, God's laws, even your prayers will be an abomination to God. He has a set of rules, a set of guidelines, a set of standards, and it's not that hard. Blessed is the man thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. That's all of us. That's what we want for the whole human family. You are only called through a heart of unquestioning obedience. Sanctify yourself means to set yourself aside for God. Signal to God your selfless, unadulterated love. Now we're going to get into, let's go to Psalms chapter 73 here. That was an introduction. Now, before we get into this, you are going to die and you're going to go somewhere when you die. So we have to think about that. There's consequences. God will not violate the principles of free will. But you cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. So let's get down into this here. Now, I really want to go far if I could get 73 and part of 74. Let's see what happens here. 73 verse 1. It's a great book of Psalms. Truly God is a good, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are of a clean heart. There's, there's your uh, conditions right there. Only then are you called. So people that have grudges, anger, arrogance, 
the punishment for those things lies within the sin itself right off the hop. You're punishing yourself for someone else's mistakes, faults, stupidity, and arrogance. You have to have a clean heart. You have to come to understanding of other people. And people are always going to let you down. People are going to do stupid things. The Bible says, Cursed is the man who trusteth in man. Of course, you're going to feel these things. You're going to have anger, aggressions. That was me before. Believe me, I lived it. The, this, the punishment lies within the sin itself. If you want to approach God, you have to have a clean heart. Then you are called. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. This happened to all of us, every one of us. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, coveting, thinking you deserve more, feeding into your own egotism, feeding into your attitude of entitlement, wanting, longing. The punishment, again, lies within the sin itself. And you can't approach God. Right now, to approach God, you have to repent and mean it. A change of heart. You can't be carrying anything, or he's not going to listen to you. These are rules. It's conditions. Verse 4. For there are, are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. There's no bands in their death. There's no security. There's uncertainty when facing their mortality. They can wrap themselves in a coat of money and live out of their wallet. But they know you can't stop time. And you're going to be facing your mortality. And everybody deep down inside knows. No matter, the, even the most extreme atheist knows. You go somewhere when you die. And that's all there is to it. They can play that card all they want. Through their imaginative criticism. Persistent unbelief. And, and chronic disobedience. But deep down inside. When they know, hey, I'm facing my mortality here. I, you go somewhere when you die. And you're held accountable for what you do. That's just the law of the universe. Verse 5, they are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Now I skipped uh, commenting on, but their strength is firm. Yeah, in the here and now, that's how they feel like when they've wrapped themselves with money and they live out of their wallet. They feel, they feel they're strong and they get patronizing to other people, condescending to other people and uh, judgmental of other people. But, they are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Yeah, their credit card always works. Like, when I go to Walmart, does my credit card always work? No. But I know that uh, their credit card always works. I'm not troubled. But, it, you know, that's what this is talking about. It's saying, yeah, when, they need it, when, when they're driving down the road and their, their vehicle makes a sound, it goes right into the dealership for, for repair. When I'm driving down the road and this bucket of Cadillac bolts that I'm driving here starts falling apart. Yeah, there's, there's, it's a little bit of trouble. It's unsettling. There's no doubt about it. But God will always give you what you need, not what you greed. Six, therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence cover them as a garment. This is a heavy verse, man. Let me tell you something. They wrap themselves in it and they feel like they're, they feel like they're invincible. Like they're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. But the violence covers them as a garment. They're engaged in progress, profit, materialism, consumerism, global growth, global investment, global spending. When you're engaged in that, when your investment portfolios are engaged in that, when, you, when you're engaged in those things, 
You're promoting the war machine that's going on right now in the Ukraine. All the weapons from the NATO side are made in Canada, United States, and Great Britain. Where do you think all that money comes from? Our investment. Investment in, um, investment in the commodities. Now it's investment in cadmium, in graphite, in lithium for this new upcoming uh, allegedly green, which there's no such thing as green energy. It's the same toxic industrial process to get all these things. It's labor exploitation was where I'm going here. You're engaged in violence. Oh, out of sight, out of mind. As long as you get your paycheck, right, banker dude, and your hedge fund manager and your mutual funds manager, as long as all your clients are making money, follow that money. And 100%, it's engaged in labor exploitation. The exploitation of Mother Nature's rights to thrive. Look what we've done to this planet through greed and gluttony. And the weapons machine, Canada, United States, and Great Britain are the three biggest producers of weapons on planet Earth. And they'll just sell them to the highest bidder. Be like, hey, Saudi Arabia, you want some tanks? You want some guns? We've got all this stuff that kills other human beings. Uh, don't ask any questions. Just sell it. It's all for money, for profit. That's the violence that people just sit in Canada, United States, and Europe. They just sit in their houses, overfed, overheated, complaining, wanting more. It's just, it's just an embarrassment to mankind and an abomination to God. And they wrap themselves in a chain. Yeah, I'm untouchable. Like if someone's wrapped up in a chain, it just means they're bound. They're bound in their own egotism in their own ignorance, arrogance, the trademarks of evil. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. That's right. Well, more than a clean heart could wish. It's never enough for greedy people. Like, what more do you want? When it says fatness, that means... That's like, go, go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32. When it says, Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked... And this is our victory song. And this is what's happened to United States, Canada, and Europe right now. Just spoiled. They're spoiled and arrogant as to where the money is going. And it's just the love of money is the root of all evil. Just the root of all evil. I'm trying to find Deuteronomy chapter 32 here just for a quick second. And Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked. And when you say that, that's the prosperous and the arrogant. No, no regard for the rest of the human family. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. That's what the money does. That's what the economy, global growth, global spending. All politicians are. They're just all, all like the world leaders, or uh, say the leaders of your country. They're just, it's just a business. It's called a geopolitical economic environment a world on a worldwide stage. And... Those are the four, we'll talk about the four hidden dynasties of Satan. They're not hidden at all to us. It's the one world economy. Look what it does. It's just violent and oppressive. It'll spoil some, but it just has no regard for human life. The absence of humanity from these political leaders. Political. One world political, economical, uh, economic uh, landscape here on planet Earth right now. Those are the two dynasties of Satan. He is the treasurer of the world. And the one world global media, the, the Satan is the schoolmaster of the world. 
some people I sit and talk with, I just have a huge amount of compassion with because they're just so heavily socially engineered and brainwashed. They're so destitute of any truth. And when they talk about the news networks that they listen to, if they would just do the smallest amount of research, they're all run by the same people. They're all run by the same kilometer. And the last one is one world religion. Just destitute of truth, mainstream religion. How many churches have you been in? This is about the sanctuary here, this particular book of Psalms, chapter 73. We're talking about the sanctuary, the Leviticus book. The sanctuary in relation to man. How do you, how do you get in? It's not just walking in some church that's just packed with traditions. And these two next Psalms really, really drive that home. They speak loftily. Oh yeah, they just got it all worked out. They just, they've seen it on TV and they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Then they personify it because they regard that as effort on their part. So when they see something that sounds good to them because it's produced and packaged for people that are unable to engage in critical thinking, the basic mass instinct of people, they're, they're, not, they're not unable to engage in critical thinking. They'll just believe anything that they see, as long as it's produced, like CNN, BBC, all the same news networks are the same. The Western media is just destitute of truth, social engineering, the social engineering to get us to think a certain way. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. They deny God. Like people deny God right in the church, and we're going to find out how they do that in these Psalms. Uh, coming right up because the, the traditions are in the church. Churchy churches and their traditions and the rich people that sit there. And I had one target me uh, not too long ago. I've talked about it in the last bunch of Psalms and I'm, I'm going to try not to talk about it again. And their tongue walketh through the earth. Yeah, with their money. Money talks. It makes this planet the worst the worst condition it's ever been in in the history of mankind and people will sit back and say, oh, we're so modern now. We're so modern. There's never been more refugees. There's never been more food uncertainty. This planet is a breadbasket. This planet was, was made by God a self-sustaining planet of perpetual life created in spectacular order and beauty, a crown jewel of the universe. God is the creator. Mankind is the exterminator. These people walk in the earth with their tongues. It's like, yeah, my money's going to talk here. Absence of humanity. Verse 10. Therefore, as people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out of them. Now, I know this is capitalized, and, it, and a lot of people teach this. We're talking about God, but it's... What, what's, look at the way this is set up. They, 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 they. Going down 9, verse 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 here. Therefore... His people return it. Whose people? The people that are engaged in this. Waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. It's just, it's just empty of the living waters. It's very common for people to get wrung out like this. Um, let's go to the next verse. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? People, very common. Through persistent unbelief, imaginative criticism, chronic disobedience. And they'll sit there, well, where's God now? Not like I said before, and like the Bible says, God will not violate the principles of free will. He made us in His image. Absolutely not His physical image. That's ridiculous. Not His moral image. Not His ethical image. In the image of a free will entity. 
And it's up to you. What's in your heart? Like, are you wrung out right now? Is there any living waters in you? And people ask, well, why doesn't God come and fix all this? If there's a God, why doesn't he fix everything? He is fixing it. He's getting rid of evil. The only way you can get rid of evil in free will entities is to let it play out. Who's going to choose to deny it and who's going to choose to play into it? Verse 12, behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. It's all about money. It's all about what's in it for me. Selfish attitudes of obscene entitlement, greed, gluttony, overfed, overheated houses. It's never enough. Superficialness, materialism, profit, progress, consumerism. 13. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. Okay, these verses go together. Watch. For all day long have I plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Yeah, you know what? In the Bible, let's go to Revelation for a minute when it says, Here, John, take this little book, and every one of us has one. It's a Bible. It's just a little book. It's only 750 pages. Like it's like you have a lifetime to read 750 pages and then ask questions about it. And then when you try and share it with others who will spend a lifetime watching Netflix, YouTube videos, Facebook posts, Instagram, TikTok thing, whatever that thing is. Yeah, it's painful. In Revelation, it says, Johnny, here's a little book. Drive it into you. Be somebody. He goes, it's, it's sweet at first. Yeah, I see the truth. But it's bitter in my stomach. It is bitter. You try and share it with others. You try and share others as a truth. Hey, we're all part of the human family. Let's get on with the eternity and out of these nagging nuisance flesh bodies. Let's get on. All of us, the whole human family. It's, it's painful to try and try and let people know, hey, if you just uh, want to know what the truth is, want to, want to hear from the only consistent thought pattern ever, ever recorded, divine inspiration, it's not man's imagination. It's this book here. It's God's Word, the Word of God. Verse 17, it's painful for people. 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. God is a... Clear plan for the heathen. And we wish nobody was a heathen. We don't want to see anybody going to the hell side. Nobody. Consider human frailty. That's how you forgive. Say, like, people are, go people are always going to do stupid things. They're always going to let you down. So just be prepared for it. And don't be sitting there having grudges or get angry. Like, anger is the punishment. Anger, this, the, anger the punishment of being angry lies within the sin itself. You are punishing yourself for someone else's mistakes, faults, stupidity, arrogance. Don't put expectations on people. Somebody lets you down two, three more times, then just, just skate, man. Just go somewhere else. Tell that person to go play somewhere else. Don't put expectations on them. If it's malicious, let's go to verse 18. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. Yeah, it's called hell. Like it's a slippery slope when you try and write your own road to salvation. It's fake. I and mean, it's, it's lunar. It's lunatic. 
Yeah, it's called hell, okay? That's, that's where you're going. And nobody, I don't want to see anybody go to hell. And neither do all the angels who, who jump for joy. They rejoice. The other two-thirds that did not get cast down to the earth, we, that did not follow Satan, the other two-thirds of the stars, the one-third, that's us, that's me, you, we all, we all um, felt like our steps had slipped. We all feel the pinch of depression. Of we all, we all felt the pinch of anxiety, like that curdled milk inside you, jealousies, envies. I have. I walked it. And Jesus Christ showed me a way out. And it wasn't through pills, pharmacies. It wasn't through psychiatrists, doctors, booze. It wasn't through more money and greed and gluttony. Those things aren't going to hold you up. Those things are going to get you cast right into hell. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They're utterly consumed with terrors. That's what people will feel like. First, it starts off. It always starts off, it seems like it's good. There are many ways that seem right unto man, but they all lead to death. You think you got it all worked out, and then all of a sudden you see there's a few cracks forming in my little theology here. You start putting ex ex expectations on other people, a few frustrations, some disappointments, and next thing you know is failures. And next thing you know, you're right back where you were. You can't mask your feelings with man's chemicals, with man's pills, with man's ways and things. God's there. It's not easy. I walked it, man. It's not easy. God gives you a way out. It's not always the way that you want, that you think. But get over yourself. I had to. Everybody has to. We all have to come to terms with what's inside of us so our Father can reconcile us to the Lord Jesus Christ. As a dream when one, one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou wakest, awakest, thou shalt despise their image, their free will image. We're made in God's image. A free will, he's going to despise what you've done with it. Your spirit and your soul. Okay, your soul is what you are. Like somebody could say to me, uh, do you know that guy over there? And I'll be like, no, never seen that guy before. I don't know him at all. But you do know him. I do know him. He is one of my brothers or sisters. That's a human being. That's one of God's children. But I don't know him. I don't know his spirit, the intellect of his soul, his reactive attitude that motivates all actions. I don't know his personality, his character. And this is what's being talked about here. He's going to despise the things that are in your character, your personality. You have to let go of the ways and things of the world. You have to get, low, get over your egotism and submit with an unquestioning obedience to the Lord. You have to submit to this consistent thought pattern that God has allowed us through this book, this little book, Always remember that mankind, all of us, all of us, we are all bound by the principles of being human. That means all of us have an inconsistent thought pattern. That means unprincipled beliefs. We will tweak God's word or we'll tweak our own road to salvation to try and suit what's going on in society. Always changing. Always just morally corrupt, ethically corrupt, whatever it takes to try and fit in. That's unprincipled. Unprincipled beliefs. Inconsistent thought patterns. God, your Heavenly Father, has the only consistent thought pattern. Unchanging God's Word is 
the principled reason resolve of a higher power written in the councils of eternity. God's word never changes. It always applies. It's always applicable. It's always modern. It covers infinity back to the present, to the future. That's this day in the here and now. Your free will image. 21. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. That's my ways. My heart was grieved when I thought I knew better. Yeah, my ways ended up being frustrations, disappointments, expectations on other people. People, I put expectations on other people to make me happy. It's ridiculous. And eventually, it turns into terrors. Like it says in 19, you get depressed. You feel it. Depression. I had depression. It felt like a, a kick in the gut. Like if I it was physical. It was anguish. And it would turn into mortification of the soul. And I don't want to see any, any of that. I was foolish. So foolish was I in ignorance. I was as the beast before thee. You can't walk with God while holding the devil's hand. That's all there is to it. We're all sinners. You have to come to terms with that. The beast, that's just the systems. That's the dangerous animal. We've covered this word so many times throughout the book of Revelation. And I just covered it also in the book of uh, Acts chapter 10, I believe. What we're talking about here is Satan's ways. Satan's ways of of conforming to Satan, the schoolmaster of the world, just feeding into it, of conforming to the ways and things of the world, of the one world political system, by feeding into the one world economy. Verse 23, and there goes the dog, just my little doggy Lando Ray, just walk by the microphone. You going to bed, baby? I love you. I love you so much. Okay, let's go to verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterwards receive me to glory. Talking about our mortality here. He will hold your hand. Isaiah chapter 42. God will hold your hand. He will guide you. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the light. He is the truth. He is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And that's when you'll receive in His glory. Be happy to see you. You won't hear the most daunting, horrific words any human being will ever hear when you meet your Maker. And it's in the mail for all of us. Depart from me, you never took the time to get to know me. Matthew chapter 7. That would be the most mortifying words. Especially those people who think they know better. Are you going to come up and negotiate with God? Are you going to negotiate your way into the kingdom of heaven? No. No. That's egotism if you think so. Whom have I in heaven but thee? Jesus Christ is waiting for us. He wants all his children back. And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. There's only one living God. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is my strength in my heart and my portion forever. He is your strength. You pray for these things. You pray. You understand when it says, Oh, Jacob, you worm. We are weaker than a worm. We need more uh, nutritional environmental requirements than even a worm. We are morally weaker. We are ethically weaker when you compare yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. It says even a righteous axe or his filthy rags compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. We all compromise with evil. We all have vain thought patterns and we just continually work on it. 
continually try to cleanse yourself by repenting and studying God's Word, meditating on it. It's your strength. God is the strength of my heart. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. People's heart fails. People's hearts are failing right now. Inside they get massive. There's no security. No stability. No, it's all uncertainty. How many times have you heard that in the last couple of years? Uncertain times. Uncertainty. Not for us. Not for God's children. The ones that are in His sanctuary. Who He called. And we listened and answered that call. That's the condition. You submit with an unquestioning obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you come to terms with all the things that are inside you. You have to admit them. You have to, you have to be able to identify your problem. Then you have to confront it and correct it. But egotism always steps in the way. That's people's opinions. I learned at a young age and going up through adulthood, I fought it. Oh, my opinion means something. It meant nothing. My opinion means nothing. How I felt, the people always told me, Oh, he's angry. Look at him. He's angry. Look at Michael's angry again. I'll be sitting there just having a great day. I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm talking about. That's their opinion. And when I start to talk, my opinion meant nothing. Then I realized, hey, I'm going to have to go and find whose opinion really means something. I'm going to try and reflect that. And I'm going to walk it and I'm going to talk it. Or talk it and walk it. It's God's opinion. What God says. The consistent thought pattern. My flesh and my heart faileth. That's how people feel now. There's no stability because they don't have the Lord Jesus Christ as their rock. That is your stability, your refuge. My God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That feels so good. For lo, they are that are far from thee shall perish. They have destroyed all them that go whoring from thee. The unfaithful. Revelation 17.5 talks about Satan's great sovereign kingdom. The whore. Unfaithful to God. And it's going into perdition. Destruction. And don't be part of it. A lot of people are going to the hell side. And that sucks. And they have a chance to get out, but it's a lot harder. Right now, you can get out of it. We are the one-third that fell. We are one, the one-third of the stars. When God set the stage for this earth age, in Genesis chapter 1, 14 to 18, you follow that, you follow that link, you follow that glossary link, and you always define by context. Who are we talking about stars there? I know the Bible says that he made the stars. That was added by man. Because he didn't understand. Defined by context. Interpreted by precedent. 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 Via the glossary threads that run through the Bible. Stars from Genesis 1.14. Talking about the two, unite, two unique light givers. Job 38. All the stars sang for joy at one point. Stars don't sing. So we're not talking about stars that you see way up in the sky. We're talking about these little life forces. Me, you, and every human being down here. All the stars sang for joy at one point. Then you go to Revelation chapter 12. One third of the stars followed Satan and were cast to the earth to pass through the matrix once born innocent of woman. That's me, you, all of us. Where's the other two thirds? They're still up in heaven. They're still, the heavens are just surrounding us. It tells us right in the first page of the Bible what the heavens are. It's the great expanse, the firmament. It's all around us as we look up. Satan's the prince of the air. On day two, God made the atmosphere. He says, well, I'm going to have to put these people down through the flesh age. I'm going to have them reduced and restricted so that they can recognize what they're doing that's not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, the universe. So God had us put down here. 
each of us for this short period of time and so much hinges on this short period of time. This is our second pitch coming in. Don't swing and miss at this one because when you're up to bat in hell, strike three is going to come in like a fastball. We swung and missed in the first age. The age that was, 2 Peter chapter 3. Do not be ignorant of the age that was. We all sang for joy together. That's a great lesson. You know what? That's going to come to pass. Psalms chapter 74. I'm hoping to get through the first 12 verses of Psalms 74 because that's where, in my opinion, some should have stopped. But my opinion, I just finished trashing myself for opinion. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. You know what? I wanted to do the next 12 verses, but that's 40 minutes almost. 32 minutes, let's see. I put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. How can you declare his works if you don't know what he's talking about? You can't, you can't romanticize who you think God is. I get lots of emails like that. You know, the God you teach, Michael, not, that's not the God I know. Well, can you document what you know? Like, I can document this all day long from Genesis to Revelation for you. God, the Word of God is not made for your convenience. It's not made to please you, you egomaniac. you got to take a chill, man. And you got to realize, hey, you, you really don't know much. God will teach you. There's a way out. This is such a short, short vapor of time, as James so cleverly put it. Think of infinity forward, infinity back. And if you need a visual, look up into the sky and think that goes on forever. That's beyond our present comprehension. That's proof we've been reduced and restricted. And think about the infinity time. And think about, oh, we're only here for like between 60 and 100 years. It's nothing as far as the affairs of time are concerned. So much is hinging on this. Your thoughts, your intents, your actions. Are they conducive to the 666 of Satan? His thoughts, his intents, his actions. Have those things superimposed themselves on your entire psyche? That's what the 666 means. Superimposed. His thoughts, his intents, his actions. And it's even getting way deeper than that as we go through the evil people on planet Earth. Their absence of humanity in their master plan. Imagine. Imagine American money pain for gain-of-function research in the Wuhan province. This inexcusable. What are they up to? Well, people that read God's Word know. Trust God. You can't trust man. Let's do 74. Let's do the first 12 verses. Oh, God. This is, this is uh, of Asaph again. And Asaph has a different style of perception than David. And this is, this is a lesson of instruction. Oh, God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why dost thou anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? That's chastisement. That's for correction. Remember back in verse, uh, verse 2 of the last chapter? Actually, let's just stick to this chapter. Okay, watch this. Verse 2 of this chapter, 74. Remember thy congregation which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed, and this mount, Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. That's the real church. That's the real sanctuary. Always remember, all God's prophecies occur and develop in historical, preliminary, and partial happenings before they become fulfilled and permanent. There was times when, for example, when King David was sitting there and his heart was with God and he was following God, following God's heart, 
that it seemed like the sanctuary was there. That's partial and preliminary. It will become fulfilled and permanent. At the seventh vial, seventh seal, seventh trump. That's the millennium temple. But true fulfillment and permanent is when the true Jerusalem comes down. The true place of peace beyond our present comprehension. A place of safety. A place of completeness. A place where people have come to an understanding. They're not sitting back thinking they deserve more. Judging others. Holding grudges. Having being angry. With aggressiveness. Holding on to anxieties. Anxiety is just... It's just all... Anxiety... How do I say this? I can't remember right now. Look at this. Hang on for a second. Anxiety is all fueled by the imagination. It's something that you conceive inside you. It's something that you feed into. Those things aren't allowed in the kingdom of heaven. Get over it, man. Try and control yourself. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations. Even all the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. There's your answer to uh, verse 1 and 2. Because people are doing evil in the sanctuary. How are they doing that? Verse 4. The enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their ang signs for signs. They set up their signs for signs. That's traditions that they put above God's word. Now watch this. They set up signs for signs. This is how the sentence reads in the manuscripts. They set up signs for signs that become famous according as they had lifted up. What are these signs? Uh, let's see. Uh, let's celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ's birthday, not on his birthday. Let's do that. Then let's, let's go through the calendar year here. Uh, let's celebrate Easter. And throughout the Bible, that is the most hated thing that God hates. The most moral, hated thing he hates. It's Ashtaroth in your Old Testament. It's often translated grove worship. It is a pagan celebration of fertility. That's what the Easter eggs are represented, fertility symbols. That's what the bunny rabbits are represented. You, you grab a, go get four bunnies from the market. Put them in a cage in your backyard and see what happens in six months. Yeah, you're going to have a lot more than four. It's about it's a lewd sexual celebration. That the church just decided to, hey, let's just put this, let's put this sign in here. And let's just make it seem all holy and churchy. And let's eat some pork. And what else, what else can we do? Let's talk, let's talk rapture theories. Watch this. We're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 13 in just one second. Axes upon thick trees. Now they break down the carved work there thereof at once with axes and hammers. They work on it. They build false worship right in the sanctuary. We have to go to Ezekiel chapter 13. Watch this. This is the greatest thing. And I'll try and do this as fast as I can here. Ezekiel chapter 13 is what we're talking about. And I say, Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 18. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe to the women. This, the word women's in print here. Woe to those that sow pillows to all armholes and make kerchiefs upon the head of every stature to hunt souls. Yeah, they make these, they, they bring in these traditions. And God's outstretched arms are there. But no, they try and cover God's outstretched arms and make it look all comfy and cozy. Hey, Easter. Hey, let's have Christmas time at, at the wrong time of the year. Let's not, let's, let's just put traditions of men in these churchy churches. Traditions of men make void the word of God. Now watch this come to pass. This is the greatest, the greatest verse about, about traditions. They cover God's outstretched arms with pillows and kerchiefs to make it look so pretty and nice and holy. Will you hunt the souls of my people? 
And will you save the souls alive that come up to you? No, you can't. You're hunting souls. And will you pollute me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread? You're preaching for money. There's rich people in these churchy churches just trying to get more money. Preaching for money. Teaching traditions. To slay the souls that should not die. People come to church. Like I just went to a church up here. And they were trying to push their traditions on me. I said, could you please document? Could you please open a Bible? Could you please have a Bible study? Like what was I even doing there? And to save souls alive that should not live. Do you think you can save souls? Like, the people, do you think you can save souls if you're stuck in traditions? It's, you're not going to live. You're not going to have eternal life. By, by your lying to my people that hear your lies. You're not teaching God's word. You're teaching traditions. Watch the big rapture theory get blown under the water right here. Verse 20. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against your pillows. Wherewith ye there hunt the souls to make them fly. And I will tear them from your arms and will let the souls go even the souls that you hunt to make them fly. You're teaching my souls, you're teaching my children to educate their souls, to educate their spirit that they're going to fly away in some rapture thing. That's made up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Four verses, most taken out of context, four verses. Then in the very next book, turn your page, Mr. Rapture, Mr. Pre-trib, Mr. Mid-trib. Turn the page. Paul says, listen, man, don't get confused by that letter I just wrote, which was clear to anybody, unless they already have the preconceived, preconceived um, train of thought that thinks, yeah, there's a rapture theory. What about this? It says, I am against those that uh, teach those stuff, fly to save their souls. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I'm against your pillows. I'm against your soft teachings where you hunt the souls to make them fly. They're not going to fly everywhere. There's no rapture. Like it's, we hang on to the end. God needs us. God needs us, soldiers for God. We submit with an unquestioned obedience and we try and be gentle and compassionate to others and try and teach other people the way. Your kerchiefs will tear. I'll tear your traditions. And deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall no more be in your hand to be hunted. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Hunted. It's the same word that when we go back here, it's the same sister word to beast. It's a dangerous animal that will hunt you down. They're hunting for your souls. And that's what's talked about here in verse 4, 5, 6 of Psalm 74. I'm going to do four more verses, and then we got to go. Because I'm stopping there anyway. Because from verse 12 to 23 is epic, man. It's monumental. Watch this, verse 7. They have cast fire into the sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. A similar outcome if someone just burns it out. They've just burnt the truth right out with their traditions. Churchy churches and their traditions. Lovely people. Can you document uh, the rapture theory, please, please, in the Bible? Can you show me the word rapture? Or are you going to have a big ham sandwich on Easter and act really holy? Okay, that's too bad. We pray for you, but, you know, once you're in the church and you're still doing that, when especially when the church elder up here had 30 years to figure out the Bible, 30 years for 750 pages. What's your excuse, dude? Like, I have a compassion on you. He, he didn't show up with his Bible. He kept coming around bugging me. He said, where's your Bible, man? Let's open the Bible, open the book, let it speak for itself. Didn't happen.
They say in their hearts, let us destroy them together. Yeah, let's just tell Michael here he's wrong. Everybody celebrates Christmas on the 25th. Like Everybody eats pork up here. Everybody celebrates Easter. You're wrong, boy. And this is like, I was born at night, but not last night. I'm a white trash high school dropout, but I can read the Bible. Okay? I set myself aside for God. God called me and I listened. I'm not going to listen to your traditions, dude. Your churchy church is burnt out. Clean house, man. I prayed for these people. There's nothing more I can do for them. They say in their hearts, let us destroy them. Yeah, all the truth people. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. This happens church under church under church. Whoa, does this look familiar? Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. We're talking about the key of David running through John 8.44. You are of your father, the devil. You set yourself aside for the devil. Parable of the terrors. Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity, hostile hatred between your seed line, Satan. Your posterity that's ripping around on planet Earth. The terrors right now. And the seed line of the seed of the woman, our Lord Jesus Christ. The first great prophecy in the Bible. Ask this guy, teach me the first page of the Bible. Can't be done. Not traditions. Well, it's hard to read. Well, the parables. Well, I'm sitting there. You want to fellowship together? Bring your Bible. Because outside of the Bible, I don't want to talk to you about the weather. I don't want to talk to you about your stupid vehicle or how you wanted to rip me off and uh, rent my hay fields for a discounted rate and then say I love money. Dude. Dude, go play somewhere else. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there any among us, any that knoweth how long. This goes back to our signs, our unique light giver back again. Genesis 1.14. That's where our signs come from. It's for signs and seasons as it's written in Genesis 1.14. Signs and seasons. What are we talking about? Things to come at the appointed times. There's our signs. That's our signs. They're not in the churches, the churchy churches today. Verse 10, O God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Back to verse 3 for your answer. I don't have time to go back there, but go back to verse 3. Clean house. Why withdrawest thou hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. It's time to clean house or the sanctuary's burnt out. Well, I want to thank you very much for listening. This is not just the greatest thing. I stopped at verse 12 for a reason because from verse 12 to verse 23 will be the most epic, monumental bunch of verses you've ever heard because we're going to take a walk to the first page of the Bible. One of my favorite spots. And it's inexcusable that these churchy churches bound with tradition can't teach the first page of the Bible, but we're going to do it tomorrow. I want to thank you very much for listening. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. Please email me. Email me just to say hi, at least. So I'm trying to fulfill this Bible prophecy. But the Great Commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. I teach the whole Bible on podcast, but I want to do it on broadcast. People are asking me to do a video broadcast, but I'm sitting up here with no electricity, no running water. If you have the times or the means to help out, glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word, get involved today. This is, excuse me, your call to action. I want to thank you very much for listening. Email me at companionchapel at gmail.com just to say hi. Listen, I love you to pieces, and I can say that without knowing you. The same way people can hate each other without knowing each other. I want to thank you very much for listening. Promote this podcast. Play this podcast. Study. 
I want to thank you very much for listening again. Have yourself a great day, and bye for now.